All right, Kelly Robinson, thank you, sir. And good morning, good live morning. Kind of a rainy morning where I am. I don't know what it's doing where you are, but but anyway, it's nice to be with you live on this uh, couple weeks out from Christmas. Hope you'll uh, pick up the phone and give us a call, 888-256-1080, for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. I need to move my laptop into the next office. I brought the wrong glasses. This idea of having computer glasses stinks, absolutely stinks. I was having so much trouble, and um, they said, well, let us just make you a separate pair. We'll give you some for walking down the street. Maybe if I were going outside, I'll go outside and walk down the street. That's what I'll do, and I'll broadcast from there. Anyway, my focal length is uh, 8 to 10 feet. (laughs) And it's not so good on 21 inches, which is my distance right now. So I think, let's see, what's that say? Jared, good morning. I think that's what that says. That's how much fun this is going to be. So anyway, glad to have you tuned. Phone number, I have that in big print. That's in, uh, actually, I believe, 72-point font, 888-256-1080. 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. I'll see how far I can get along with this. I may have to do an SOS call to my wife to, to bring the other glasses. It's happened one other time. Oh, my goodness. So, anyway, 888-256-1080. Uh, let's talk about the plants at your place. If I can talk plants and look at a wall that's uh, several feet away, life will be wonderful. That's what I'm hoping will happen. We broadcast from Corp- uh, well, Corpus Christi all the way to Amarillo, and we broadcast from uh, Crockett all the way to Alpine. You think about that just a little bit. If you've traveled much in this state, you know what a diverse uh, set of circumstances those are, and uh, I'd love to have a chance to talk to you about your plants over that big an area. That's, that's what makes this exciting, especially this time of year where it's already been down in single digits in Amarillo and where it will never get to, they hope, single digits in Corpus Christi or Victoria, our two southernmost uh, affiliates. East Texas has had a lot of rain. West Texas would like to get some rain always. I've been watching Alpine, one of our affiliates. I love Alpine, and, and uh, they had no rain for, oh, golly, what was it, Alpine? Six, eight, nine months, something like that. I mean, nothing. And they've, they've had... Uh, Ample, well, you never have ample, but uh, they've had a good bit more rain, and uh, so that's good news. So anyway, give us a call. I'd like to talk plants. 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. What do you do as you approach the middle part of December in your landscape and garden? What needs to be done right now? What can be done? What's most important to all of us? And those are things that we can talk about. David is in Kerrville, and he will be our first call. You could be number two if you were to call right away. I hope you will. So we'll get the program up and running. Never thought about the glasses. I always think about my glasses because I can't go anywhere without them. And they're sitting back on my, on my iMac at home. That's where they, they basically reside. And uh, so, ah, baloney. Um, let me get my first break out of the way, and then we will try to navigate the program. Once I'm into the program itself and and talking and not having to represent my advertisers, then I think we're good. And I'm sitting here looking at my ad copy, which I do in 28-point font, and it seems to be good. Uh, 
I don't think it's 28 point on this case. So I think we're going to make it. We'll make it somehow. Let me tell you about my uh, offer for my book. This is the Christmas offer, and, and time is just about up, folks, if you need these for Christmas gift giving. I have a way that you can give a couple of books and save a good bit in the process, and nobody's going to know any any better because the book on the cover says $38.95. And I, you know what I'd like you to do is go into a bookstore. and you know, It's not in the bookstores. It is not in any bookstores in Texas or anywhere. It's not on Amazon. But I hope you'll, if you're in a bookstore, I hope you'll just look at uh, the uh, the books that are comparable. This is a book that is a hardback. It has 344 pages, and it has uh, 840 of my photographs. And see what those cost. You're probably going to see that it was printed in China, whatever that book was. Mine is printed in Texas. Uh, that was important to me. I wanted to keep Texas printers working. Um, that's, that just, I didn't want to have a book that said Lone Star Gardening and say printed in China. But those books are going to be 55 or $60. This book is $38.95 for the first copy. Second and third copies sent to the same mailing address, $33.95. That's the Christmas special, and I will be signing them tomorrow night. I'll have them in the mail by Tuesday. Uh, I'll sign tomorrow night and Monday. We'll get them boxed and into the mail Tuesday morning. So that's about as fast as it can uh, can happen. This is Small Business America. The books are currently right in my garage in climate control. I'll be signing and, and boxing, taking them personally to the post office. So that's my offer to you. The book covers every aspect about outdoor gardening for every county in Texas. So it makes a wonderful gift for a Christmas or any other holiday or birthday or uh, housewarming, whatever. Landscaping, lawns, fruit, flower, and vegetable gardening. Chapter 2 is a 48-page calendar that will pay for the book all by itself. It's uh, four pages per month telling you when to plant, prune, fertilize, and spray all the implants, all the important plants in your landscape and garden. And uh, there are more than 25 multi-page charts Now, as I said, the book is not in stores, and it's not on Amazon. I chose to self-publish it, and I had the option then of deciding where I would sell it. I could keep the price a lot lower by just selling it personally, and also that gave me the option of signing it for you as it sells. Satisfaction is completely guaranteed, or I'll refund every penny you spend. And to be very candid, uh, it's in the sixth printing now, and I've not been asked to refund one penny so far. Here's how you can buy the book, and you can do it right now. That's from my website, from neilsperry.com. You can't lose anything because if you're not happy with it, I'll refund all the money. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think you'll be very satisfied. And so that's at neilsperry.com, or you can call my office first thing Monday morning. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com or call 800-752-GROW. Office opens at 9. 800-752-4769 and the website N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. Homegrown goodness, that's what Mueller is all about. Mueller's been producing quality steel buildings and metal roofing right here in Texas for 90 years. Now you can grow a Mueller greenhouse right in your own backyard. Mueller's easy-to-assemble, bolt-together greenhouses come in five sizes, from 6x9 to 12x21. 
and they feature a galvanized steel frame with more than 30 designer trim colors from which to choose. With hail-resistant polycarbonate panels, lockable walk doors and windows, that Mueller greenhouse will let the sun shine in while it protects your plants year-round. You will never enjoy gardening any more than on a cold, blustery day when you get to go out into the warmth of your Mueller greenhouse and play with your plants. It's it's the most fun you'll ever have in gardening. Don't let the weather ruin what you've worked so hard to produce. Get yourself a great greenhouse from a great Texas-grown company. That's Mueller, M-U-E-L-L-E-R, MuellerInc.com, or give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER. That's 877-268-3553, MuellerInc.com, Mueller for Greenhouses. More after this message. Thank you, Kelly, very, very much. Let's re-emphasize that number, if you don't mind. 888-256-1080. Have a little mercy. Have a little mercy on the old blind bat who forgot his glasses today. Give me a call. Let's talk plants. It's also a quiet time where there aren't as many calls. So, uh, 888-256-1080. I have glasses. I don't know if you are like I am, but I have glasses of all kinds. And... Oh, I look like an eye bank in our house, and uh, I have two pairs that I use, and I'm, I'm going to, I, now, anyway, let's go to David in Kerrville. David, this is Neil. Good morning. Good, good morning. Uh, are we connected? You're connected. I'm connected. Okay. I think we're connected. All right. Very good. Uh, question about the uh, Theralis plant. You know, it's a yellow shrub, flowering shrub. Very good. The deer don't like it. I like that. Uh, I want to propagate those. Uh, thought done some research, but I wanted to get your ideas. I probably collected a thousand seeds by now. Their pods got them sort of laying in a, a dark place in the garage in a cardboard box. But what do you suggest from there? I do not know. I've never propagated it. I'd rather be honest and tell you. I will see if I can do some homework on it. What I would recommend to you is if you take my eGardens newsletter and if you can uh, remember at 6 o'clock on Thursday to send me a question. They fill in kind of quickly, but if you'll send me a question, that would be a great place uh, to, to get it posted, and I'll answer it for you there. I'll be glad to see what I can find during this program, but I only get one-minute breaks. And... Uh, I, I don't know, and I'll need to look it up to see how it's propagated. Cuttings yeah, are... they, they, uh, they have a pod that probably produces some, some small seeds. You can break them apart and see it. Sort of like a, like a great myrtle type plant. No, I'm, I'm familiar. I'm familiar, but you have to remember that a lot of the plants that, that produce seed are not propagated from seed because in many cases they won't come true from seed, and they don't, they don't want to use seeds for them. That's true of I so see. many ornamental plants. I did read some on the internet, and it did lead me to believe that you could grow from the seed. All right. Okay. Thank well, you, sir. Appreciate suit it. yourself. I'll be glad to help if you if you'll post that question. That would be great. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. Yes, let's go to uh, Ron in Corpus Christi. Ron, this is Neil. Good morning. Neil, good morning to you. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, what I, I wanted to get your advice on. I've got a. Uh, 25 to 30 year old oak tree, good sized, beautiful tree in my front yard. And at the, at the current moment, I have Asian jasmine growing kind of from the, the front of it all the way to the sidewalk. 
in a large area. And what I really want to do, uh, other than that, I don't really have anything around it. I, I want to build, a, I wanted to put some uh, like small sable palms around it and possibly ferns, kind of a shade type garden towards the back or even kind of in a, in a line going, you know, even with the trunk. But my question is, how do you go about doing that? I, you know, there's huge, you know, roots, I understand. And, you know, it goes all the way out to the drip line. So do you, can you accomplish that by staying, you know, X distance away from the trunk and starting off with small plants? Absolutely. Is I want to, I don't want to undermine the, you know, the integrity or the health of the tree in doing what I'm asking. You're going to be fine relative to the tree. You don't want to, you don't want to be out there with a a giant uh, rear tine rototiller. They're, they're, they're fabulous. And that's the only kind of rototiller I would ever recommend for anybody, but you don't want to have some giant high powered rear tine tiller banging into surface roots that are exposed and and you obviously can see them and there you go plowing right down them you want to try to stay between those big roots it's okay to do the rototilling and to use a rear tine tiller but stay between the major roots try to locate them and mark them and stay between them i'm i'm not sure i I want i want want to make this comment before i forget to not sure I want to use sable palms beneath a live oak because sable palms in your area might get pretty tall. No, this is a this is a dwarf sable. All right. Well, I have a dwarf sable at, at our house. I have several of them, and they've they've survived our cold. Clear on the other side of Texas in the in the McKinney area, Dallas Fort Worth area, and I love them. Right, right. But I would if I wanted something really bold textured, and if I lived in Corpus Christi. In a heartbeat, I'd be using aspidistra beneath live oaks because, first of all, they won't freeze, and mine do. I have to cover them every year. It was a very bad idea. But uh, but I love the look, and they only get uh, thigh high. Uh, what is, gonna, an asp- is that the cast iron plant? It is. It is. You probably okay. already have a bunch of it, or the neighbors all have it or whatever. But it's a beautiful plant, and it would give you that same bold look to go along with your ferns. It's another thought. Uh, you have another uh, plant that would be really pretty, and that is uh, Algerian ivy. It's Hetera canariensis, like Canary Island. I've heard uh, of that before. Yeah, it's beautiful. If you know English ivy, this is like English ivy with leaves that are ten times larger. Uh, it wow, is, okay, it is that's too, cool. Yeah, it is too tender uh, for the northern 80% of the state. My Uncle John had it uh, on the north side of his house in College Station when I was growing up. And I think it was probably the winter of 78, 79 killed it. I have Algerian ivy at my home, which looks very, very similar. And it's winter hardy. I've not lost it. Uh, but but where you are, you could do so well with with uh, 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 Algerian, uh, with, uh, yeah, Algerian ivy. And, and it would be just beautiful. Just as another variation, there are some, some other ground covers that you ought to consider. It could be beautiful. I've, and those surface roots... Let me take the counter view here. Um, there's not a soul listening to this program, and probably Ron, you included, who's going to believe a word of what I'm about to say. Those surface roots have a majesty to them that becomes beautiful as they come up out of the soil, and they they anchor that tree to the ground. Uh, I've seen them on Sea Island, Georgia, where they were up 20 inches out of the soil, and they were they were as big as pigs. They were huge and magnificent. Yeah, and, I agree with you. I, yeah. I like that look. 
All right, there are two of us. Now we got to get some like more converts. Kind of tree or whatever. It's kind of like those giant trees with the fins on them. You know, they're yes, awesome. When you see you're them. right. Well, we just got to get more people to believe in us. But yeah. But anyway, hey so, Neil, I was know, thinking I about go- yeah, I was thinking about going with small plants, and I, I really wasn't going to even rototill. I was going to prepare by hand, basically certain. You know, like you're saying, steer clear of the weeds. I I just wanted to make sure I wasn't going to undermine anything by doing that. No, you I know? don't think you and, will. Where you where you would do that? Stay away from the trunk. Where you would do that is if you um, uh, if you bring a bunch of soil in. That's what you don't want to do. No, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, I, I'm okay with your starting with small plants, but I don't think you need to. I don't think you have to feel the need to do that. You could start okay, with good, something good, smaller good. and get a head start on it. Right. And how far away from the trunk is uh, recommended? Uh, two feet. You don't have. That's to it, really. I mean, I can I can get pretty close to it. Yeah, but you don't want wow. you don't want sables that close. You'd want your dwarf sables out uh, four or five feet. Yes, or, I, exactly. Yeah, kind of kind of do a lot. If you have if you have time, I have one further question. Yeah, don't use don't use too many kinds of plants. Keep it simple and and, no, and let the bold three, textured ones be the stars of the show, and let the soft textured that's, plants that's be the exactly carpet the of the plan. whole thing. Yeah, that's the plan. Hey, you wrote here in 2015. You wrote an article about Asian jasmine because I do have some of that in front of it, and it's behind a paywall for the San Antonio Express. Something okay. to do with it causing some kind of a problem. And I, of course, I can't read it because I'm, you know, I'm not going to sign up. I'm, I'm down in Corpus, not in San Antonio. So, is, is what's your thoughts on Asian jasmine? Is there, is there? I don't know if you were alluding to the fact you need to keep it a little bit more trimmed, or you got to worry about the leaves falling into the oak and creating a big old wet area. Or what was your your view on the Asian jasmine around an oak tree? I, I don't think there's a problem with. I'm trying to think what I might have written. Uh, I don't see any problem with it. You would want to keep it trimmed because where you are, it's not going to freeze back. In, in, uh, right, in it can get tall. North, yeah, north of Austin, it, it will freeze once in a while, and people will mow it to, to keep it, you know, get the brown off. But in your area, it will never have brown uh, once in 50 yeah. years. And so, we, we got zapped, uh, yeah, well, that, that winter storm did get us, but it all came back, like you're saying. Everything. Just, you know, we, yeah, but you, yeah, but you, you can back. trim it any amount you want and keep it low, um, and I would certainly do that. Uh, just since I'm sending you on a bunch of wild goose chases anyway, look at some of the alternative Asian jasmine varieties. There are some really pretty uh, types that are not necessarily really glossy. Uh, there are some. Uh, there, there's one that was called Nortex Jasmine at one point because it was introduced by Nortex Nursery, a, 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 a sister to uh, uh, North Haven Gardens in Dallas. Ralph Pincus introduced it, and but it's uh, it it has you can see the veins very prominently. It's just beautiful, and then it ended up being called Longleaf Jasmine. And uh, wow, look yeah. up, yeah, look up Traculosperm asiaticum cultivars do a google on that and you're going to see some incredible variations and if you can find a source of them some of those would be fun for you 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 have so much more breadth of plants that you can use because of of where you are it's true that's true this is the kind of discussion (laughs) happens when other people don't call don't you see you get worn out with me (laughs) (laughs) i'm enjoying it man and i'm going to transplant a little bit of that asian jasmine that ought to be okay to do shouldn't it i mean uh, the the parts that are too close to the tree that i want to plant in better I'm gonna, to buy know, better to buy new plants yeah. when you try to transplant it you'll start pulling it back and and you'll realize it does not root into the ground it just grows and grows and grows and lays on top of the ground you'll say good gotcha. gosh here is this runner that goes from here 
over to uh, uh, over toward Brownsville, and there's not no, a root on that you, vine. Yeah. yeah, and and so you don't have any way to 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 divide it. It's just a long runner, and so it's better right. to start new vigorous plants. Just start fresh. Yep. All right, my friend. Well, thank you very much. I loved it. Have a good day. It's going to be beautiful. Thank you, Take Neil. Take care. Thank Bye-bye. you. Take care. All right, let me tell you about my electronic news. Hey, hey, give me a call, would you? Give me a call. That was that was one of my favorite calls I've had in many, many years just because he was talking about some unusual things and some fun, fun opportunities. But I need a call. I will take a call about how to get rid of dandelions. I don't care. I'm just uh, desperate and callless right now. And uh, that's what happens right before Christmas. It doesn't embarrass me in the least. It happens every year. I've done this since 1978. I am scarred and experienced. 888-256-1080. I can't even read those numbers. 888-256-1080. I tried the uh, continuous vision um, instead of trifocals, and that didn't work at all. And so two weeks later, I got those remade. This is 20 years ago. And uh, so, but, nah. Anyway, 888-256-1080. I had a, a real problem with a medication two years ago that caused extreme double vision for 11 weeks, and that's when all this started and why I have the extra glasses. So anyway, without getting any further detail, I'm just, I got the wrong glasses here today. Neil Spray's eGardens is my free electronic newsletter. It comes from my computer to your email box. And luckily, my good glasses are at home where I'll do my typing. And I'll get you a really good eGardens. I enjoy doing eGardens. This was my idea 18 years ago. We're just about to finish up the 18th year of eGardens. And people tell me, Neil, this is some of the best work that you do, and and thank you for doing it. And I hear that everywhere I go, and I, I thank you for that very much. It's free, and it always will be free. And I'll never spam you. I'll never give you any kind of an email uh, just because I have 80,000 emails, I never abuse that situation. I never have. Oh, one time I did. I did. It was five and a half years ago. I sent you an email to say, hey, this is my 50th wedding anniversary. Wanted you to know. That's it. That's the one time I have sent something that was not directly an eGardens. So I, I think people forgave me of that. Anyway, Neil Spray's eGardens. It uh, is free and comes directly to you on Thursdays just a little after 6 p.m. Hope you'll sign up for it. If you want to see what it looks like, go to my website and take a look. If you click on neilsperry.com then click on eGardens, you can see what it looks like and you can sign up all on the same link. And by the way, while you're at my website, take advantage of one of the last remaining days of that special sale for my book. Neil Sperry's eGardens at N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. We'll have more after these two messages. All right, Kelly, thank you very much. Let me give you breaking news from the Garden Talk Show. Full phone lines. Oh, my goodness. Glad I was sitting down. Thank you all. You're wonderful. Let's get right to work. Patsy and Abilene, thank you for calling. How can I help you today? Um, yes, sir. I have two live oaks in my front yard, but I have yellow-bellied sapsuckers that are poking holes all the way around 
the the bark and i was wondering do i need to wrap my trees or what can i do to stop it you don't need to worry about it i have the same thing going on with my uh, pecans and with my live oaks and i'm not the least bit worried about it okay it won't hurt the tree since it goes all the way around no no because there's plenty of tissue in between and uh, they will come back and and feed on the sap um when woodpeckers do the same thing, they're related. Uh, woodpeckers don't indicate that there's any uh, any insect that they're going after. Uh, all of them are. Um, it, it's not a non-problem. Okay. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Life is wonderful, Patsy. Enjoy your birds. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for the call. Take care. All right. Let's go to Russell. You know, I need to I need to meet these out a little more slowly. I don't want to use all my calls that fast. It's like Gosh, I got a, a roll of uh, lifesavers here. I'm going to eat them all at once and just chew them. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Let's go to Russell in San Angelo. Russell, this is Neil. Good good morning. Yes, Neil. Good morning. Knockouts that are pretty, but they've been five or six, seven, eight years old. And between the winter two years ago and this year, this summer drought, what kind of pruning should I do on those this uh, this winter? Well, let me let me do one thing first and uh, just i want to put it aside i imagine that that what you have is exactly the way you described it but i want to give you a disclaimer before we do anything else uh, are you familiar with uh, rose rosette virus i am not all right i want you to I, probably the easiest thing is let you go to my website because it's right there on my home page we have had in the dallas fort worth area for the last 12 years we've had a monumental problem with rose rosette virus it is a fatal virus that really goes after knockout roses because uh, they tend to be used by landscape contractors in in mass plantings and so it spreads quickly from one plant to the next it is spread i'm not going to spend much time i'm going to give you an answer to your question in just a moment but but it spreads by a microscopic mite and we're not aware that that mite is in the wind blowing around in neighborhoods it will spread from one plant to the next, and before we know it, we have before we know it, we have a rose that is is infected and dying. There is no control, and there is no prevention. Uh, some of the symptoms that we see, and that you'll see on my website, I have probably twenty photographs there of of knockout roses. Uh, you will you will see you will see buds that fail to open properly. Uh, some of the, the the plants will typically have one or two stems that become extremely large bull canes b-u-l-l very strong bull canes some of the canes will have extraordinary numbers of thorns on them the plants get very weakened and um, just lethargic and browned and dead uh, in a matter of a year or two and so that's what rose rosette virus will do to all roses not just knockouts it is. I, I couldn't show you a, a lovely rose bush in the Dallas Fort Worth area now, right now. Really? So it's it's become a real problem. It's also a problem in other parts of the state. Millions and millions of dollars have been spent through research at A and M trying to figure a workaround for that virus. 
I'm kicking up a lot of oddball noise. Um, and so that's, that's Rose Rosette virus. Make sure you don't have that before you go okay. to a lot of heroic other things. Now I'm going to start my generic answer on pruning, uh, knockout roses that are weakened by uh, drought and cold. They shouldn't have been hurt too badly by the cold, but if, if they were, and if it wasn't, uh, uh, Rose Rosette virus, then you want to get all the dead wood out, use lopping shears so that you don't have to reach into the plants. They produce a lot of stems. Uh, use long-handled lopping shears, get anything dead out of the plant, and just pluck it out and lay it off on the ground. Um, second step would be to uh, prune them back by 50%, by half. And we always want to uh, prune roses so that we prune them right above buds that face away from the centers of the plants with knockouts that's almost impossible because there's so many stems so you get to a point after you remove the most visible most obvious uh, dead branches you get to a point where you use a gasoline powered hedge trimmer just to to reduce their height and then you come back and tidy them up again with the lopping shears so that they're thinned out your goal is to get rid of a bunch of that uh, internal growth and, and mm-hmm. really thin the plants out. And that needs to be done in late January or very early February in San Angelo. Okay. And and so you're saying when you say 50% after you've cleaned out the dead, 50% of its height? Yes, height and, okay. and then thin out the, uh, the internal wood that's really competitive. They will bloom on new growth that they produce this spring. So you want to get all that weak wood that isn't okay. going anywhere out of the way, okay. and then, then you fertilize first of March and encourage a lot of new growth. Okay. And then on this virus, one more thing, does that pertain to other rose, other types of rose bushes? All types. All, all roses. Types. Okay. All wow. thousands of roses. It's awful. It is just okay. awful. And like you said, there's just they're trying to figure out what to do about it right now. There's nothing you know to do about it. There was a $5 million research grant given to Texas A&M, and the five years wow. ran out. Now it's been re-upped with several more million, and uh, I, I don't know where we're going to go. Wow. Yeah, okay. It's, it's awful. It's been around for wow. 80 years. This is not a new virus. It just well, has really gotten bad in a hurry. I see. Well, Neil, I appreciate it, and I enjoy your book, and I thank you for uh, being on the radio and taking care of us. If you have this latest book that I'm uh, talking about, there yes. are photos of Rosette virus in it, so you can see. Very good. I'll take a look there. at it. Thank yes, sir. You have Thank a good you, day. Take care. You too. Okay. Bye bye. From the most unusually shaped county in the state of Texas, Tom Green County, San Angelo. All right, Joanne and Brenham, you're coming up next. Stay with me. Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening is that book. It's the perfect gift that will be used and remembered for many years. I hope you'll get it. Let me send it to you and uh, and give it to somebody important on your uh, gift list. It'd make a great housewarming gift, a great uh, holiday gift-giving idea. Eleven chapters. Chapter one is the basics of gardening in Texas. Chapter two is a 48-page calendar telling you when to plant, prune, fertilize, and spray all the plants that you're growing in your landscape, lawns, flower, fruit, and vegetable garden. Chapter 3 is comprehensive on trees, and then shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, fruit, and vegetables. It's all in there. 344 pages, 840 of my photographs. It's a hardback, and it was printed in San Antonio. I sign each copy as it sells, and I'm getting into the post office with 
within one to two days of when they are purchased until Christmas. I self-published a book to keep the price as low as possible to you, and I have a Christmas special for you right now. First book at the regular price of only $38.95, satisfaction guaranteed. The special Christmas offer, a second and third book shipped to the same address, are only $33.95 each. You save $5 per book, and by shipping together, you also save on the postage. Order from my website, neilsperry.com, or call my office weekdays, 800-752-GROW, 800-752-4769, or Neil Sperry, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. That's what you need to get, and your time is running out. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. More after these messages. All right, Kelly, thank you. We're going to have to move kind of quickly, so I will ask that you keep your question really tight and brief for me. Let's start with Joanne and Brenham. Joanne, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. Uh, I called you several years about having a tree that had a lot of roots sticking out, and you suggested the monograss, which I did plant. Mm-hmm. I did plant previous spring a variation of a fig ground cover okay. and it has it has taken hold very beautifully it is growing up on the oak tree will it hurt the oak tree it doesn't hurt the oak as long as you keep it um below the the branches at, at no higher than the lowest branch you don't okay. want it going out all over the branches no um, no no yeah, where you are, it probably isn't quite as big a threat as it would be farther north. The problem with having vines growing out on branches is uh, that they add weight. And when you have a an ice storm come through, uh, that will be that much more leaf area that will collect ice, and it adds a lot of weight. And okay. you don't necessarily want that because it could cause the, uh, the, the branches, even of a live oak, to break. But uh, I, I just yeah, wouldn't. My- I wouldn't want it to go out very far. Okay, well, that's kind of what my husband said, that we need to trim it back. But the the fig ground cover plus the monograss has actually covered all those big roots, and I am very pleased with both of them. So I just wanted to make make sure I didn't want to ruin the tree with the the fig fig ground cover. And it does take over and go. (laughs) It really hangs on, doesn't it? That's great. (laughs) It's almost like moss. All right. Yes, almost like moss. Thank you. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Merry. (laughs) Okay, bye bye. Let's go to Tony in Iola. And uh, Tony, it's Neil. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you doing? I'm doing Um, great. Thank you. uh, Yeah, by the way, I was going to buy your book for my wife, and then she beat me to it. bought it for me um on one of our properties uh we've got 18 post oaks um in 2018 we lost four of them i spoke to you then in in in, in like july or august all the leaves fell off of them instantaneously i mean all the same time and and they were gone um same time of the year this year two of our uh, post oaks they turned brown both the leaves turned brown it took longer for them to turn brown but they did not fall off they stayed on the tree um, we're hoping that those two trees have gone into some dormant state, or do you think that they're, what should we do? Well, I think all you can do is wait and see what comes out next spring. It, it could be from okay. the drought. Uh, it could also be, yes, uh, very old trees that have just decided they've had it. Um, I probably said to you back in 2018, it's an old line I've used for many years. 
Uh, Post Oaks are members of the Flat Earth Society. They go along on still water, and then they just say, we're out of here, and they just sail off the edge of the earth. And, yes, um, you did tell me. You did tell me that. Yeah, and it's it's a bad joke the first time and worse the second, and uh, <laughs> they uh, they they just give you no warning. They just all of a sudden they die, and and that's the yeah, nature the of postings. Yeah. Okay, yeah. The difference this time is that the leaves stayed on the tree. Uh, well, that's um, yeah. That that's difference, but not much. Um, but okay. you'll know you'll know in the spring. They will tell you by uh, by April whether they're going to leaf out and do fine. And if that's the case, it probably was just the drought, and they just uh, went brown to conserve uh, uh, what moisture there was left. I can't yes, tell. Yes, sir. We'll keep our hopes up. We that's appreciate you. Have a blessed day. Same right, to you. Merry Christmas. Thank uh, you, sir. Merry Let's Christmas. Bye bye. Thank you. Let's go to Coronado. I think I had the name right. So glasses. You can blame it on that. And Corpus Christi. Good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you doing today? I'm well. How can I help you? Uh, well, quick question. Uh, I read somewhere that I have two gardens, uh, two garden beds, uh, vegetable and flower, and I was trying to rejuvenate the soil for the spring, and I read somewhere that you can plant peas to do that, and I'm wondering, do I let the peas go through a natural cycle, or do I harvest them and then till what's left there, or what? Well, peas are one thing you could do, and there are a lot of different. Those are legumes. Uh, legumes. Uh-huh. I, I think there probably are some clovers that you could use that might be easier. Uh, talk to a farm supply store uh, in your area. You may have to go outside the, the urban area to get to a farm supply store and ask them what you should plant uh, in terms of a, uh, a winter cover crop to improve okay. the soil. And, uh, and and ask them if there is a legume. These will add to nitrogen in the soil. You would leave it well, until January. I got Jan- the peas already planted. Okay. Well, They're already planted. They're growing like crazy. All right, that's fine. Well, let them go until you're ready to get your garden ready in the spring. And uh, okay. and, and spring means uh, midwinter, really. Uh, so yeah. in January sometime, you're just going to rototill them in, leave all the stubble in place. You probably need to uh, mow off the tops and then just uh, rototill the, the, the root system in place, wait a week or two, rototill again. and uh, that Okay, will so I leave, I leave the, 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 the peas there underneath, or I need to pull those, the, the leave peas all the Leave all the root stock, uh, stuff in, in place, let it dry for a week or two, then rototill again. Uh, it will be uh-huh. dried up by then. You can rototill it in a, a second time, and that'll get your soil ready. And uh, that's that's the purpose of the winter cover crop. Okay, perfect. All right, thank Good you, deal. sir. Thanks for the call. Yes, sir. Let me uh, tell you quickly about my website. This is where you go to sign up for eGardens. Uh, it's also where you see my 1,001 Frequently Asked Questions. Right now, it is most importantly, it is where you go to buy my book on that Christmas offer that I have. And that offer will be a lot less uh, easily uh, uh, accessed a week from now, the next time we get together, than it is right now. You need to get the book ordered if you're interested in giving it as a Christmas gift. Take a look at it. It's Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening. It's not available in stores or on Amazon. It's at Neil Sperry, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. There's a lot of talk these days about Made in America, but let me tell you about something that's been made in America for more than 90 years. Mueller Metal Roofing and Steel Buildings have been made right here by people who care about quality of both materials and workmanship. 
Whether it's a metal roof for your home or a custom steel building or even a shed or a greenhouse for the backyard, Mueller means quality. Mueller has four manufacturing facilities right here in the USA, and they have 33 branches for sales and service, so there's a Mueller location near you. When you choose Mueller for metal buildings or roofing, you're choosing the best quality products to protect your family and your property, and you're supporting local jobs and local families, ordinary hardworking folks who are proud to provide a product made right here in America. Visit MuellerInc.com or give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER. 877-268-3553. Mueller, made in America and made to last. MuellerInc.com. More after this. All right, you see, that's how you get a medley of music. If you talk yourself right into the end of your program, yeah, the rejoinder and the closing music all overlap one another. Folks, I've loved being with you today. I talked a little too much, but it sure was fun. Hope you have a great week. We'll be back next week. Until then, happy gardening. <laughs>